Hello, welcome to the Life Done Differently podcast with me, Neil Whitten, and my co-host Ray Richards. Join us on our journey to find out what separates the doers from the thinkers. We talk to Gina Lyons. Gina is an award-winning director, TV producer and comedy agent. We discuss how the 12-year-old Gina bounced back when her dad left with her mum's best friend, her mum's battle with alcohol and depression, and a few years later, her brother's tragic death in a car accident. Rather than letting this adversity define her, Gina found a positive way to harness it. This led to a career-defining job in TV when she won Channel 4's Get Me The Producer in 2007. From there, she quickly moved through the ranks at Graham Norton's TV production company, So TV, ultimately seeing her produce TV and films independently that are now enjoyed by millions worldwide. Gina discusses the reappearance of her alter ego, Anxious Annie, and the recent global news story of Drunk Couple by Sri Lankan Hotel While on Honeymoon, which of course features Gina and her husband Mark and is now getting serious attention from Hollywood. Where we're you look like you should be an actor. Maybe I'll do that next. <laughs> <laughs> we're, inspired, <laughs> we're recording. It's happening. Hello, hello. Um, welcome, Gina. Thank you for this. Hello. We haven't seen each other for ages. And I've missed you in my life, actually. Ah. I have. Like a little spark How of energy. How long ago was it? Eight years or something? I reckon it's longer. I'm going to go decades. Ten? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. a while, yeah. isn't it? Ten, because I met you about yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, so we, we worked got on a really weird thing. Are we allowed to say what it is? Yeah. It was a, a, a website called Newstar. Yeah. Where Graham Norton was going to be the front of it, and it was paid for by So Television, I think. And you were at the web company making it. Yeah. And it was going to be a place to... It was a YouTube for talent. That's it. Yeah, so it was a where you competition went... competition every week. Yeah. And I think at one point the idea was you win a million quid. I mean, God knows, but... Yeah. It's good though, they were, they were good days, weren't they? It was, yeah, I mean, it was, a, I think everything that we did at So, it was quite progressive and it was probably a bit before its time. Yeah. You know, but... Um, I remember feeling like you were almost running the show at So TV back in the day. Did you feel like that? Yeah, I think I did with that particular job and I was always sort of Graham's right-hand man, Graham Stewart, not Graham there's two Norton. Grahams. Yes, there's, two, there's Graham Stewart, Graham CEO, Norton. Yeah. And then the, or the MD or whatever he is. Um, and he was sort of my mentor in telly. He's a good friend. Is he still there? Because so yeah. people got bought by ITV. Yeah, he's still they? there. Yeah. yeah, he's great. He's a lovely man. I like him a lot. Um, and he's taught, he taught me a lot. And so I, was, I would just do whatever crazy idea we would have and I would run with it at so. Yeah. So it was a bit more, it wasn't really a producer job. I then went off and got more proper jobs in telly. I say proper, as in more, <laughs> as ones that we know. You yeah. know, I became a producer and I became a serious producer. But back then, it was just like, let's try something new all the time. And it was really good. So he gave you some of that energy. I didn't know that. Yeah, time. yeah, he did. Well, he, no, he um, he fed that about me. Yeah, he, right, so he of, saw it in you. and A then lot kind of people yeah. say, we well, can't do that, you can't do this. Yeah. And he would get excited with me. So I would say to him, let's do a comedy night. And that still runs down. It's called so Are you comedy. still doing it? Yeah, really? He does, yeah. That, that, he, someone else does. But, but it was it, it was your initiative in, in, yeah, originally. Yeah, it was just like, yeah. let's go and put on a comedy night every month. And then we can meet new talent. Great. How are we going to do it? Well, I'll get a venue off my mate. And yeah. just... So he would... When I started, people didn't just walk into his room. And I think the, the working class, um, me, 
it's a bit rude really um, so I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't very good at sort of doing what everyone else was doing so I just used to barge into his room with these ideas and he liked that and he, he, yeah. he took to it yeah, and everyone yeah. I remember people going we've never done this with Graham Shirt before and I was like really just walk in and yeah and it paid off it paid off in some ways and it didn't in others there, there wouldn't be a role for me there now I no don't think. you've grown um, right but I do care for him quite a lot, and uh, he's, a, he's a good egg. He's like my TV dad, I would say. Yeah. yeah. So let's. Why don't we start with if you meet some random people at a party, <laughs> mm. and they say, "Who are you? What do you do? What are you about?" How do you answer that question? I say, "My name's Gina Lyons, and I am a TV producer, comedy producer." Comedy producer. Yeah, I would say comedy producer. I do telly mostly, and that's what pays me. Yeah. But I would do short films and features and comedy nights and live comedy as well. Yeah. So I'll do anything funny. Okay. Um, yeah. But film producer at a point as well. Yeah. Well, I did. I've done a feature and a few shorts. Yeah. I'm doing another short now. Um, but, but no, I'm not really like the big movie producer yet. But you're properly I in the world to. of entertainment, right? That's your thing. Yeah. And impressive it is. And and then so give us if so we're at a party. You just told me about you're a producer. That's that's interesting because I don't know anyone like that. Yeah. How'd you get into that? That's amazing. I won a reality TV show for Channel Four. Do you know that? Yeah, I do know oh, that. You do that. But, but, no, but no. I literally know like that much of it. That so I think so. so how does weird. this? How does it come about? Like, so I went to drama school. I, went to, I grew up at a stage school. When my dad left when I was 12, we couldn't afford my dance classes, but they let me clean the mirrors for my classes. Did they? Yeah. Um, I mean, they were, yeah, it was big mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> so I used to Are you still that. good at it? Because I've got some mirrors out. <laughs> yeah, no, really? actually shocking. I don't know what, God knows what I was doing at 12. But, um, and then I got a job in a restaurant from the age of 13, 14, so I paid for my own classes. And then at 18, I went to drama school, a very shit one, because everyone... Um, at applying for drama school, everyone said, come back when you're older. They yeah. don't take many 18-year-olds. But this shitty school did. I got sponsored and went. About a year into it, I quit. It wasn't a very nice school. It wasn't very nice people. Because you were the experience. odd one out? Yeah, I was, really. Um, I left, and then I got a little agent, and she kept saying to me... Well, like a midget agent. <laughs> yeah, no, a dwarf is yeah. the official word. Oh, sorry, yeah. Um, we'll cut that. Yeah. No, we won't. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I... Basically, I, I, I got this crappy job and I was sort of, we used to ring people up and say, you want a free photo shoot? And oh. then you'd tell them that the photos cost 400 quid. Um, it was in on Oxford Circus. Anyway, one day this girl said to me, I'm dating this guy from this gang called PDC. And they were in the papers at the time because it was a postcode gang rivalry. Yeah. And there was all this stuff printed about this gang called PDC, Pill Dem Crew, they were called. They called themselves poverty-driven children. <laughs> so it was a yeah, big conflict with the media, and I found them fascinating, everything I read. So I said, oh my God, can I go and meet them? And she said, yeah, okay. So I arranged this meeting with a guy called Elijah Kerr. Sorry, just backing up a bit. How, how did you find these people? Like, I was working with a girl who started dating one Ah, of them. sorry, we missed that. Got yeah, it, yeah, got it. So yeah, she yeah. was dating this guy, and she talked about them at work, and I said, oh my God, I've been reading about them. Can I meet them? So I met, met the head of the gang. And this is just out of curiosity? Yeah, I was about 19, I think. Yeah. So I met... Not nervous about meeting them? No, that's what I mean, the naivety, working class thing, yeah. grew up on council estate. They're your people anyway. Oh, they yeah, can't be that They of. can't be that tricky. I wasn't that bothered. Yeah. Although at the first meeting, so this guy called Elijah Kerr, who goes by the name Jaja Suze now, he's a rapper and is a bit of an entrepreneur, Yeah. still lives in Angeltown, Brixton. Um, I went and met him and I 
we started filming, me and my friend, who uh, he was a short filmmaker. I didn't know what it was, but we just started filming hours and hours of content. And eventually I went to Channel 4 and said, I've got this great documentary. And they said, well, that's great, but we've just commissioned Ross Kemp on gangs. <laughs> his, his first gang is PDC. When you watch the show, he only got the kids. I had the I had the, the Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you didn't have Ross Kemp. Yeah, yeah I had better, didn't I? <laughs> um, so so, I was sorry, a bit Ross, like, you're sorry, Ross, clearly yeah. listening to this. Yeah. Um, so I... But then someone at Channel 4 said, but, uh, oh, no, that was it. So I was like, okay, that's done. Did you, uh, did you have an in with Channel 4? No, like when you say you approached them. Like oh, a, you know, you do, don't you? Yeah. Like so you literally just found an email address and just like, I've yeah. got this thing, come on. And they, it's the commissioner, whoever it was, yeah. I can't remember, replied. And then um, about two months later, I was reading a magazine and it said, do you think you could be a TV producer? Uh, apply here. And I didn't know what it was. And I went and I filled out the application and I got invited down to what I thought was a one-on-one -on -one interview. And I arrived at the American church on Tottenham Court Road, yeah. 2,000 people in the queue. And I mm. thought, if I see someone in a banana costume, I'm going <laughs> And I went in, they were like, hi, so this week you're the producer of Big Brother. What do you do differently? And I was like, little brother, fill the dwarfs next door. And they were like, go through. <laughs> and so I kept going through these rounds and eventually, and this went over. Were you, were you, quite, were you deliberately like, you were just you, you were sparky. I thought it was all a bit of a joke at that Yeah, point. but, but you, so you treated it a bit like that. A little just, bit. I just go with it. And, and then it got down and I got to the final 100 and then the final 32 and then the final 16. And it was 12 people, like The Apprentice, one TV producer job. Um, Greg Dyke from the BBC was the Alan yeah. Sugar. Jeremy Salisbury from So TV was one of oh, the right. things. And Ruth Jones from Tiger was the other judgy person. And um, and then I really wanted it. And when I got to the final 16, I thought this could be life-changing. It was a year's contract at So TV. Um, and then I didn't get into the final 12. And I was gutted. And I was like, I didn't know what to do with myself. Moved back to Northampton. And then about three days before they started filming, they rang me and said, someone's dropped out, will you do it? So I moved back to London and did the show. It was quite crazy, and I was living with a nudist <laughs> in a house that the electricity had been cut off, and the gas and everything. We weren't paying rent. How you, a, how are you, what time of year was this? Oh, September, I think we filmed. So it's starting to get a bit cold for a nudist. No, with no it was all right. It was uh, maybe male or gas, female. A male nudist, and my friend who was a paparazzi used to do pictures of up the knickers. <laughs> like he was famous. He got banned from the royal family for taking pictures, trying to do an up the knicker shot with the queen. <laughs> He was a horrible, horrible man called Simon Lloyd. Very funny. Um, so I had this weird setup. I went back to living that weird, and they were like, "Yeah, we've not paid rent." So we're lot, in a can I just tell you, a lot of people wouldn't have lived with a nudist. That's probably he was like, harmless. No, I know, but a lot of people up. wouldn't. No, but there's a theme, isn't there? Because a lot of people wouldn't have gone and spoken to this, yeah. this gang that seemed, yeah. like, you know, there's what. What, there's something in there's you at this stage. Is that is that well, how you, you call describe it? it? You call it naivety, but maybe it's something there's else. Brazen, a bit of stupidity. There's a bit of. I mean, I'm more cautious now. I think with age. So I've fearless would be another word. That maybe might be that used. would be the polite word. Yeah, that'd be the uh, compliment, wouldn't it? I don't know really. I guess I, I had the same thing. My my brother passed away when I was 17. He had a car crash. But his attitude and my attitude was very similar. It was a bit you, of a You were canteen. close with him, were you? Yeah, very close. And where did you get that from? From him, I think. He was... Right. He was. So where did he get that from? I don't know. I mean, it, it resulted in his death eventually because he was driving the car. So he, he was speeding. But it... 
but there is there was this attitude of I can I can do it. So that's sort of that's both sides of the coin, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you've got if you've got if you're fearless, you can do attitude. Sometimes oh, it can, can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And, yes. you know, and, and that's, but, that's but with, and that's what scares a lot of people. With that fearlessness, what I want to understand is those moments. So you you see that thing in the in the magazine. Is there any apprehension at that point? Are you are you questioning yourself because you said you thought it might be a joke, it might not be the wrong thing, the, the right thing mm. for you? But can you remember? Was there was no. there any self talk? Was there anything stopping you, or was it literally like you just don't have that in I you? I think uh, if I'm honest, you know, like the Truman Show. Yeah. I think in my head it's the Truman Show. So uh. I think I'm always the lead. It's always revolving around me. I know, I know I need to make... Also, when you're 17 and somebody dies young, yeah. my brother was 24, we were famous in Northampton. Yeah. Everyone knew us. Everyone knew the girl that lost her brother. Everyone knew the car crash. Really? Everyone knew this. My world became very much like a movie. Yeah. So, I think... And also, I had quite a crazy upbringing because... Well, not crazy. Up until I was 12, it was very normal. My dad ran off with my mum's best friend. My mum became an alcoholic and she had severe mental health issues. So we went from living in a nice four-bed house to a grotty two, well, one bed. I lived in the conservatory. It was, it all, everything sort of changed so rapidly that you have to sort of, I, I think, go in on yourself a little bit. So I think that's where the sort of, it's not a self-belief. I'm not scared of failing. Yeah. I think that's... Well, because because you've almost, like, you, you've had, had it hard. Worst. Yeah. yeah so, so you know you can deal with that. But yeah. So there's a resilience that's been but built you, up. But you said, re, you said it started to change. <coughs> Hmm? It started to change. You said you're, oh, yeah, you're a less fearless, yeah. fearless now. I, I realised the other day, you know, like on Facebook memories that comes up. Yeah. How I would speak on Facebook two years ago, I'd never talk like that now. Like it was just like, hey guys, this is me, and this yeah. is, hmm. and now I'm so. I've had anxiety for a couple of years from just before I got married, and it's it's. And then whilst I was just getting pregnant, well, whilst at the start of my pregnancy, getting whilst you were getting, pregnant, I was getting <laughs> pregnant, um, Gina is, Gina is eight months, yeah. yeah. So for about two and a half years, I've had this anxiety, and I suppose that gives you a voice in your head that says you can't do that. Everyone hates you. Everyone thinks you're a dickhead. But before that, and it's really weird to look back when these Facebook memories pop up, and I think, oh my god, I'd never talk like that. Wow, now. right. I miss that person. There's, there's still an element in me. I just did something ridiculous not that long ago yeah. which I'm sure we'll talk about there's still an element of just do it and I'm, I'm the f- first one to say to my friends well just just email them or just apply or just do this or just you have to do it to know if it's an option yeah you know it's not even an option just sitting there thinking about it but there is more self there's more insecurity than there was and is that because you've got stuff that you're afraid of losing uh I, I don't know why I've started caring about what people think of me, but I have more, I guess. I don't know why. I'm trying to work that out myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, a, that's a really fair point, really, though, really because really you, you, you said earlier that maybe it comes with age, but I guess the other thing that comes with age is you have more. You know, yeah. you've got stronger connections, you've got, a t- you've got status, you've got, you know, you've got stuff. So I'm if not, you still get not it scared of failure. I'm, sc- I'm still not scared of losing anything. I just have a bit more self-doubt and a, a dislike to myself a bit more maybe I don't know because you're not doing stuff no but or I am be- still making all these decisions I'm still doing the, the brazen big things I just am more conscious of how I seem to other people 
Whereas before it didn't bother me. I didn't even think about what yeah. other people think of me. And now I'm like, she hates me, she thinks I'm a dick. Like my, my first thought when I walk into a situation is these people won't like me. As a, and it used to be, they want to hear what I have to say. And is that born out of experience? Is that because you've... You've almost gone so far the other way yeah, that you've swung, like. you've swung back. Like there's, the self-awareness has kicked I in because it, it wasn't... it might just be a bout of anxiety and yeah. that's what I'm sort of working towards. It's not me. It's not in my personality. My personality is brazen and goes out there and gets what I want and says that. And I'm still doing those things. Yeah. But there is a, a, a little person on my left shoulder saying, yeah, but you shouldn't. And so that but you're, you're still containing that person. Con- yes, I'm still... Yeah overriding her yeah. I call her Annie do you mm. anxious Annie and she's a dick <laughs> she's like that horrible friend you know you should do a sh- why don't you do a show about an- anxious Annie I don't do a show on my me <laughs> no but you can put that out there into the world yeah I can't did a you? blog on the Huffington Post last did year you? and it sort of went quite well yeah and everyone I like that sharing it and it was basically like trying to explain to people without anxiety what it's like kids story yeah, yeah that's maybe. quite good for children anxious Annie yeah, yeah. Coming, coming back a bit. Mm. The so we were at you. You got called up again. So you were out the picture, and you didn't really understand why. And then you got called up, and then yeah. you're in the final twelve. And then you want no, sorry, final six was it? Final twelve. And then yeah. and then you want to win it at that point. Just like yeah. okay, this this could this could be something really exciting for my so future. I remember actually because I think I feel that this is where we're going to chat about. We um, I didn't know this at the time, but every morning I would, uh, so I'd leave this horrible flat that I was living in with these two <laughs> the weirdos, weirdos yeah. and I would walk to the, East the London. The weirdos you liked. The weirdos I liked, yeah. yeah. I like do weirdos. You, do you still yeah. know them? Uh, well, Simon Lloyd I do, yeah, he's on my yeah. face. Hi, Simon. He's on my <laughs> Facebook. Um, so from Pimlico, where this flat was, and we were filming in uh, just off, uh, what's that, Curry Lane in East London? Oh, Brick Lane. Brick Lane. Yeah. Curry Lane. Curry Lane. Let's call it Curry Lane. Uh, so I would walk across, because I couldn't afford tubes, I couldn't afford... Bus bars. I had nothing, like literally, I remember. And they fed you breakfast, lunch and dinner because it was like a 12-hour day. So that's the only reason why I could do the show. We didn't get paid anything. Yeah. It, was no, it wasn't even cars to location. <coughs> it was really quite low budget. Um, and every day, on my, as I got closer to the place we were filming, I would play Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time on my, well, probably iPod at that point. And uh, I would imagine winning every single every single morning wow see the same throughout the whole song you know it's like very much it's a power ballad isn't sing it. it and I would in sing my it. head no you haven't got clearance um, <laughs> <laughs> the, way you're, <laughs> the way you're singing it's alright we, <laughs> we ain't got an audience either <laughs> it would go uh, and I would in, in my head it would be like and the winner is it was like X Factor yeah, yeah. It, it didn't end up being like that because it was a factual show and it was like and oh, the winner is Judah but I went and the winner is and I was like, I want it. See, and yeah. You literally visualised it. And I didn't realise that until years, 10 years later, when I read about the law of attraction and all that sort of stuff. I went, oh, yeah, I do this. Every big thing in my life that I've got, I've done this. That's amazing. Yes, yeah, so it made sense to me. Well, that's, that's, that's called vision, isn't it? It's called, yeah. That's what, you know, when people say, they, you know, somebody's got vision because they can actually picture it. Yeah. Well, it's just like it's, sports it's, people do that. It's you know, really they have to visualise hitting the shot. Roger Federer visualises hitting the shot. Exactly. It's, a really, it's a really basic thing, right? But anything that anyone ever does in the world, whether you're Picasso or Gene Lyons, yeah. it has to start with a dream. It has to start with imagination. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, someone has to think about it, imagine yeah. it, and then... Because it can't be real otherwise. It's no, like no. the nature of the thing coming into the world. So therefore, if, it I is. Say, it, if you want to build a block of flats, you have to start with a blueprint. Yeah. Like yeah, it's 
although I'm sort of against that idea. And sometimes you don't have to know how it's done. No. You just have to see the end goal. Yeah. And then the rest just sort of finds a way. Exactly, exactly. If you care yeah. enough. Especially if, you... if you're not going against the grain. So if you're going... If something becomes easier and things just start moving out the way, you're on the right path, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. haven't got a goal, any any road will get you there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, start walking. So you you win the show. Yeah. Congratulations. I mean, this is very weird because I was 20 when I won. I'm 33 now, nearly 34. That's amazing. So it's weird to hear congratulations. No, it is so. I, but I do, I do know this story, but I don't think I've ever actually talked to you about yeah, it Yeah, no one so watches the... It, it, they, I'm going to go back and watch it. it. Can't. Why? It's nowhere. It's on YouTube. No, it's not. Everything's on YouTube. It's not. I know, it's <laughs> really? amazing, but it's not. Is Thank it not? God, really. Have you got a VHS? <laughs> no, the production company's gone down. Oh, no. Because it'd be good to watch it back, right? Yeah, well, I would like my husband to see it. Yeah. Um, I bet you can find it somewhere. It must I be there in the archives. Have you? Yeah, he's looked. Anyone out there? Billy Joe. Get me the <laughs> can producer you find it for it? made by Princess Productions. So, uh, but you, so you, win, you win the show... Yeah. Right, and then you get the deal is if you win it, you get a, a year's, year's a year's contract with So TV, so a proper job mm-hmm. as a what a runner, associate producer. Okay, so like it's like you yeah, know basically it coming and produ- it was someone in development, and they had to teach me everything. I yeah. didn't know what I was doing. I don't actually for, for, went the, to for those that don't know who might be listening to this. So So TV is TV production company. It put out all of Graham Norton's. They stuff. Are, Graham Norton owns it alongside Graham, Graham Stewart. Stewart. But what were the kind of shows of the day that people might know well, about? The Graham Norton show has been their biggest. Yeah, they right. did a show called Year Dot, uh, School's Out, Sorry I've Got No Head. Um, so kind of f- yeah. flavour of comedy is, is, mm. was their thing, right? Mm. So you get you get this job and you basically, that's your f- that's your entry point into the world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. And you, apart, you've, done, you've, but you've recorded some of your own stuff, which was the sort of precursor to this. Yeah. And then you... You get embedded into that world, and what happens? Like, what 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 do you start doing, and how do you change as a, as a consequence? Well, I, I sort of got a bit too settled. Actually, I was there for five years in the end. Yeah. And I probably should have moved on after three. Um, I would have moved up in my career maybe a bit quicker uh, because I wasn't doing as much just jobbing production. You, that's how you should really just settle down, go from gig to gig to gig. In development, you don't make a lot, so mm. as soon as you go back into production, it's going to be hard. But I would do anything, me and Graham would do anything. So we did a lot of pilots, we did, you know, a lot of talent meetings, a lot of development. We had similar tastes in people and comedy. We would sort of be attracted to the same sort of person. Um, so we did anything from web things to uh, set up a live comedy night called So Comedy, which yeah, is still going. Yeah. Uh, they tour now mostly. Um, uh, we did few pilots a show called Sorry I've Got No Head which is a pilot that went on and did two series like, yeah lots of stuff I would just do anything that he needed from me really but you cut your teeth right and you get yeah. comfortable in that world yeah and I certainly mingled a lot with comedians and learnt he said to me once he said you can give a comedian their own TV show but unless you're at the back of the gig with them you're not on there and it made a lot of sense to me it makes a lot of sense to me now comedians treat each other like you know they're in the same circle yeah. and the people that are at the gigs with them they see them die they see them do well they, yeah. the people that are at the back of the room they're the ones they really mix with the TV producers that just turn up once a year and yeah, everywhere yeah, they yeah. don't have so as much so it's relationship building yeah it really is and I have a lot of respect for live comedy and also I think it um, you can you, I think the best acts do well live as mm, well mm. and I think it's a skill that all comedians should do 
So, yeah, so I'm still to this day, I'll take a couple of shows up in Edinburgh, or I'll not take them up, but I'll put my name as a director and work with them, work on their narrative or performance or whatever it is that they're missing. Yeah. And so since then, so let's fast forward to more yeah. recently. So you, you're now, you, you tread a path to get to a point where you're producing your own thing. Yeah. And, but did you always see that? Did you see that as a future? Yeah, I actually remember when I was still APing, I changed my... Twitter handle to comedy producer. Did you? Yeah. And again, that's the vision. Thing. That's the. I thought I've got. To, I've got to be it before I am it. Sort yeah. Of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I went off and did a lot of comedy end sort of shows. So helped create a show called Safe Word on ITV2, which has done really well in America. Did uh, brought back Impractical Jokers for Comedy Central. Only did the pilot. Did a few little gigs. Really wanted to get into scripted. I've just done my first scripted for BBC wow. Three. I watched it. Did you? Did yeah, you I watched like the first it? one. I, I, I couldn't. Skin. I couldn't work it out. No, I. But we. So me and my wife watched it, and we got to the end of it, and we looked at each other, and we were like, "That was really good." Yeah. But I couldn't work it out through the because it was comedy, but it's like it's quite well, dark, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's sort of Fleabag territory comedy or yeah. Eve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lightness in it, but it, there is a lot of drama. Yeah, I think it's actually BBC when they released it they did pen it as drama did they yeah yeah because it right it treads the line really carefully yes, it it well, a lot of stuff now they've started calling it sadcom oh, yeah the journals yeah not this particular thing yeah but, but there's a new category this new genre of, yeah wow yeah there's a lot of especially in the economic times there's a lot of oh, almost people need that more well I, I think we need a few more laughs but in life but there's a um that's a real thing of finding the funny in incredibly sad situations yeah yeah Mm. Can I ask you a question about <coughs> this fearlessness that you got, probably from your brother, yeah, maybe. maybe from others. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have that, mm. where would you be? Probably in Northampton still. Doing what? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I think people that don't have it tend to um, settle, be the big fish in a little pond. And um, I always want to be in a bigger pond. Okay. So it was London. I think I've got my eyes set on LA one day next. Or I'd okay. like to sort of at least... Give it a go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My husband's not sold on the idea, but I think if I was making movies and earning a fortune, he'd, he'd be all right. <laughs> 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 um, I think he'd get over it. Yeah, um, yeah I, don't, I, don't, I, I guess I would be doing something that wasn't to my capacity, like everyone, like most people. So you're really aware of this. That's interesting to yeah. know that. So you see that you see the difference in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm one of those people that sort of my friends would talk to me about about this stuff. Yeah. As well. Yeah. About um, and your friends are they are they fearless like you? Some are. Some aren't. Some are deluded. There's <laughs> a difference as well. There's a fine line as well. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes um, you can be both. Yeah. I mean, maybe people thought I was deluded, but I've always been felt quite sensible in the decisions I made. You know, I once went out of a guy who never played football who said one summer, I'm going to become a Premiership football player. And it was like, you had to start when you were four, mate. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, you've the, the, long missed the I boat. don't want to, like, put anyone down, yeah, yeah. but that's delusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and obviously yeah. he didn't. I thought you were going to say he, he did. He did, yeah. <laughs> no, I was looking yeah. for that as well. Yeah, of course, he got tryouts because he knew somebody who knew somebody. Right. But, of course, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. went nowhere. So that's delusion. So there's not, yeah. it's the naivety piece. Like, you're, you're conscious of what, yeah. where you can go and what your capabilities are, what your strengths and are. And where the steps are, yeah. I think. Yeah, like, I would make 
quite sensible decisions, I think. So I was off work, couldn't get a job for a couple of months, which happens in TV at times. This is a couple of years ago. And I started doing some law of attraction practicing and working out, like, I need to change my mindset. I need to be open to things coming to me. And I was sending out my CV 40 times a day. I'm very... Um, resilient and things like that yeah, yeah. so I won't sit there and cry I'll send out my CV 40 times and then if that doesn't work I'll change my CV yeah. and then do it again two yeah, yeah. later um, I would never ring anyone that's the line because people hate that but yes I would do that and then um, I didn't know how to get into scripted comedy but I knew I needed to do a stepping stone because I was very much in this comedy ant world I needed to get across into scripted comedy world. They're a closed world. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. Sort of, you do this and we do this. Um, and then uh, it just happened. An old friend got in touch and said he wants, wants me to produce a short film. I thought, great, this is scripted. I've got to make this the best yeah. it can be. So I kept saying, who's your dream cast? And they were just naming anyone. Like, oh, it would be amazing if everyone could get, you know, whoever. I mean, if you could get this person. And I said, no, no, who's your literal dream wet my pants we've got the class and they said oh Catherine McQueen and uh, Catherine Tate and Alex McQueen would be amazing so I spoke to a friend who knew Alex and he said that Catherine loved Alex and they were actually looking for <laughs> a project together so I contacted them both and said the other one was doing it really yeah that was really naughty and they weren't doing it and right they <laughs> but they knew each but other I so they worked they that out they wanted to do it yeah 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 they wanted to do it um, but then this whole project ended up doing lots of awards and Amazing. doing really well and got me in it didn't get me a job straight away no 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 um, it's, a, it's just an investment it's just it, yeah it put something out there and it changed maybe my mindset a little bit about it became a little bit more obtainable yeah so then your belief gets stronger yeah 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 and then you think oh, I can do this you know yeah fake it till you make it yeah, you was doing, doing that whole thing that, I think. but you said so you said I don't make delusional decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that might be a good moment to talk about what's been in the <laughs> yeah. media recently around your name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so well, go on then, give us that. So what well, sh- don't sh- know. Yeah. So the story is, there's a headline that came out last Sunday. A couple got drunk on their honeymoon and bought a hotel. But when you say there's a headline, it's like, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's global. What, yeah. The We're Sun, Fox, Australia. Austra- Austra- oh, are you? Yeah. And we might be doing Good Morning <laughs> don't do peers. I know. We, I mean, might be waiting for the Steve Harvey show in America. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, that's that your t- ticket to LA then. Yeah. So that's why you did it. Wow. Well, 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 well hear yeah. this actually. So yeah. this is this is uncanny. Oh, hold on. We got we. we so I'd, so the story is, we went on our honeymoon to Sri Lanka, sat on a beach. We were backpacking, so we went to lots of different venues, um, lots of different places, and one of them uh, was really run down. All the staff were still drunk from the night before. It was a bit of a shithole. But we liked the idea. We always had on our vision board... A oh, you did, so you did this with your husband? You yeah, did the yeah, vi- me and my wow. husband. Wow, interesting. Yeah. On our honeymoon, so... Uh, no, sorry, the vision board. But, you, uh, but So this yeah, wasn't I, just I a... the vision board. So it's your vision board, but he knew of it and he supported it. It was in the kitchen. So we yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would have these, like, little bungalow huts, sort of Thai-looking Thai yeah, places, yeah. like in Thailand. We'd been to one in Koh Chang years ago, and I've always said I'd love to have one of these sort of places and run it. So there was the idea was out there. And we sat there and we said, oh, this is just like the Taiwan. Yeah, yeah, I would do this, I would do that, blah, 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 and all this lot. And we said to the barman, who was the only guy working and being good, we said, um, your manager's a dick. He said, I know, uh, but he's leaving in June. He's given up the lease. And we went, how much is the lease? He said, I don't know. Let me go and ask. He went back. We kept coming back and we just sat on the beach drinking rum. And he says how much this guy pays. It was about 1.5 million lek or whatever it is. Yeah. 
So we start doing the maths, right? it's about 10 grand a year. How many rooms has he got busy? Right, we paid 30 quid tonight. Da, 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 da. Right, he's making this much money. We start on napkins, just doing yeah. all the numbers, getting more and more drunk. And then we said to him, can we meet the landowners, see if they would do it with us? And we said, because he was great, we really liked him. And we said, would you run it if we pay for the lease? And he was like, I'd love to, I can't afford the lease. I can't, I haven't got any money. We said, okay, so we went and met the landowners. Old Sri Lankan couple didn't speak any English. We obviously don't speak any Sinhalese. <laughs> so we just carried on getting drunk at the end and they all started translating. And eventually, obviously, he went 30 grand a year and we went, no. Do- went dollars, right? 30,000 pounds. Oh, pounds, right. Um, and eventually we agreed, okay, you can take over it on the same terms that this yeah. Sri Lankan guy is running it for. But I want the money up front because I want to buy more land. So we agreed to it, woke up in the morning, oh shit. <laughs> we owe 15 grand <laughs> and we had no money um, and then we got back to London and we decided no let's do it let's make it happen so we lived off his wage Mark my husband's wage and all mine I would send over it wasn't 15 grand in the end it was 30 that we owe we owe slow 15 but legal and someone yeah, yeah. scared us a bit and said you need this 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 we didn't so we've spent we've wasted a bit of money yeah and then another six grand on the refurb. But you've so, but, but you've bought so like to be clear, you've bought a hotel. But you call it was it flash packing? Yeah, so so it's one up from backpacking. Right, okay, so, so it's, it's a bit it's more swanky. Yeah, yeah, we put roofs in. They didn't have roofs before. They had just like tin things. And you, and you, but you and Mark bought this place. We took over the lease of three years, and we owned the business. And you've done the whole place up. Yeah. You t- so did you take your friends out to do it, to do it? Yeah, my friend, my best mate James, and my mum. Yeah. Came with us. And for a month, we just scrubbed and pulled things apart. With the, re- with the guys that were working there yeah. and all the staff. So we they got two re- staff members. Then we hired, we asked for, for a couple of chippies and they gave us two deaf and dumb guys. <laughs> so I was miming every day with what I want. It was ridiculous. I mean, I was, in, I was five months pregnant. I was in tears. I was exhausted. And then it started coming together. And as we were like getting to the end of it, I was like, oh my God, the bar's up. And oh my God, we made that sofa. And uh, every they don't have it's a closed currency country yeah they don't have great economics if you want to buy a toaster that toaster that gets made in India their neighbour goes via the UK before it comes to Sri Lanka so you'd think well this is going to be cheap they only make them down the road (laughs) no it doesn't everything costs twice as much as it does in England so there was naivety and there was the unknown we we learnt a lot from it we were like oh this is really hard we should have bought every toaster we needed and this (laughs) When we go back, I know what to take. Um, but but we've done it, yeah. And then I thought, well, I need to get this story out there because I need to make it Because I've got to get to LA. Well, this wasn't connected with LA originally. I thought, I need to get this out there. So I... And, and, but sorry, getting it out there was as much about just like do the right thing by the business as well, right? Yes, I've got exactly. a great story. Let's, let's get use... the rooms. <clears throat> yeah. So I approached, I said to my friend Jodie, there's a uh, Facebook group women in journalism group I said could you post on the group that you've got a friend who got drunk and bought a hotel and you think it'd make a good story she went yeah of course she did that uh, someone got in touch I'm from Fabulous Magazine interested in your story <laughs> so I gave it to her didn't get paid she would have got paid she would have been a freelancer pitching it in so she would have got a couple of quid a minute, uh, word or whatever um, then obviously because it's Fabulous Magazine it gets played out in the Sun newspaper online gets a bit of traction i'm sharing the, the article as much as i can and then i got approached by carter's agency just a, a, a photo agency 
we want to license this and put it on the wire. I could have done this myself and for free, but I just thought I'll have someone peddling and yeah. I'll give it to them. Yeah, yeah. They probably made a fortune. And you know this world a little bit as well. A little bit. I know I, I had lots of journo friends and people yeah. that would know stuff. So I gave them the story and licensed all the pictures and went, yeah, you can have them for a year. And they put it on the wire and it just blew up overnight. <laughs> and so we were in... I can't think of a country that the story hasn't been in. <laughs> Has it helped with bookings? Yeah, we've I made five grand overnight sort of thing. Brilliant. We've booked right up until next year. I mean, it's it's not a huge cash earner, really. We, we'd be lucky if we turn over 50 grand a year. Yeah, but, but that's not really the point. The point, the point is the point that is you d- did the right thing, and you've got yeah. His name is Isaruth and Melinda. They're our managers. Uh, we wanted somewhere that we could go and have a different experience. It's part of your story. It's part because and in, learn business. It's yeah, a yeah. To just learn yeah, how yeah, to yeah. do stuff. And it's a lot of money, but it's not. It's Thirty grand, and we'll probably earn. I reckon we'll take home maybe 30, 40 a year. Yeah, So okay. there is a good return. I yeah. think it's a good return. Yeah, yeah. In three or four years, it'll buy, It'll put a deposit down on the house. Yeah. That's what we're thinking. Um, if we can get the money out. Yeah. I'm oh, well, that's that the other thing. Out. Well, going and live currency. in Sri Lanka. There's a lot going on there. It's nice hotels and all sorts. Yeah, it's a nice country. I don't know if I could live there full time. I went on my honeymoon to Sri Lanka. Did you? Yeah. Mm. yeah I didn't buy a hotel. No. <laughs> that's you, you, did, you didn't drink, drink enough rum. Do you know what? I, I was thinking about that earlier. Yeah. I was thinking, what did I come home with? I bought a, I got a lovely um, box of uh, hand-picked tea from tea. tea plantations. Yeah, everyone comes home with tea. Yeah, that's yeah. normal. You don't get a story. And those trousers that. with the elephants that's on. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you go, I will definitely wear these all the time. <laughs> Never wear them again. And that's where we are. So that's our... Oh, and then, so the weird LA coincidence is now we've been approached by loads of TV companies to license the TV rights. To, what, to actually write to the, story. the story? Yeah, Will Arnett's company I'm talking to. No, really? Yeah, and Netflix. So it could end up resulting in... Well, why don't the, you just say, I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make it, I'll produce yeah, it. Yeah, have, of course, yeah. you have to produce it. I've asked to be a producer on it in America. Yeah. about 12. Yeah. Um, but I'm just waiting for them to see if Sony want to option it. Wow. I know. So it could end up being all the thing that leads it back into the big thing in the end anyway. Well, isn't it interesting that you step into the unknown and you yeah. and you just can't imagine what's going to happen. Yeah. And sometimes it takes you in the direction that you want to go, but you never thought in a million years that would be the thing that takes you there. It's a bit like Danny Wallace's Yes Man. You just it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, don't, I almost don't want to say this, but the common theme from the last conversation we had was you're there on the beach imagine it you've imagined this I really like the vision bit yeah but the other bit is you're drinking and so there is an alcohol component to this course, but, but, yeah. but it's loosening you up is it is it just like letting your imagination run a bit more it was a bit of a PR story if I'm honest so you we knew that alright <laughs> oh, really okay it's thin isn't it um, no we we have had visions and ideas of this sort of lifestyle for a long time. Yeah. I think the big takeout for me for this is it's the law of unintended consequences. You know, yeah. when you do something different, when you and you you venture out into the world, you just can't imagine where it's going to take you. But you know for sure if you don't venture anywhere, it's not going to take you anywhere. Mm. And I would say that if something becomes a bit easy... It wasn't easy. When we came back, we really struggled getting the money together. And we really struggled. We didn't do anything. We stayed home. I was pregnant. Uh, it was really tough. Like, yeah, we had yeah, a yeah. stressful year. I feel like this year's gone by and we haven't done anything. And last year, we yeah. got married. We had holidays. We did this. We did yeah, that. Yeah. This year, I feel like I've just locked myself in my flat. Yeah. But the first bit snowballed. Yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're on a bit of a snowball, 
you think that's a sign that you're on the right path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really fantastic. Fun. Okay, well, thank I you, think, Gina. Uh, I, I loved. I yeah. really loved. <laughs> yeah. hearing it. Should we do it again? Uh, yeah, let's yeah. do it again. Well, when you're in LA, and when yeah, you yeah. and when you got the baby. That's it, folks. For show notes, head over to the website at www.lifedonedifferent.ly where you'll find links, a quick summary, and you can also explore other conversations. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please tell your friends, give us a good rating, and remember to subscribe. We're also really keen to hear your feedback, so please do let us know what you think and give us your ideas over on Twitter. You can tweet us at lifedonediff, that's double F. If you fancy something different in your life, check out Do Something Different. It's really simple. Head over to www.dsd.me, go to the pro collection, choose a program that suits your goal. That could be being happier, more emotionally intelligent, or even quitting smoking. And then you're off. You'll be sent some small steps that stretch your comfort zone and help you achieve your goals. Enjoy. And until next time, keep on living life differently. Mm -hmm.